Hello all, welcome to the Literacy Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 280, and today we'll be talking about I Love You Mau Mau from Mau Mau, Heroes of Pure Heart. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, we're finally on to a Mau Mau podcast, isn't it great? So, I am completely brand new to this show. Uh, GC13 loves this show so much, I, I, I just had to follow your love and see what you had to, you know, keep making videos about and talk about, and... I was really impressed with this first episode, and then I had to go and dig around and find out like what the history of this show was because it was so interesting to me. And so I have come prepared with facts and opinions. Very exciting. Ooh. But, um, yeah. First of all, though, the first thing that hits you or hit me when I watched this episode was that the theme song, I immediately was like, man, who composed this song? This like stands out to me. And it turns out, I have a new, like, composer to add. You know, I loved in Steven Universe, Ivy and Sarashu, but Mint Potion is really cool, and I have been sleeping on the fact that they have been producing music and all this stuff I like, and I haven't been aware of it. Like, they did OKKO, they did the music in the most recent Shantae game, which I love that series, and in Shovel Knight, and that stood out to me so much here. The theme song was really good, and also the battle sequence that happens near the end there's just like an amazing guitar riff going on that is all mint potion so very excited to track that career now of that studio and kind of look into their different music i listened to a lot of the okko albums after they uh like came out when that show finished quote finished (laughs) when it when it was made to be finished (laughs) when it was finished but yeah if you loved the first episode of mau mau like it's it's gonna get even so much better once the once the series kind of opens up, finds its sea legs, so to speak. Yeah, did you, was it the first episode for you where you were like, I need to keep watching this, or did that come later for you? Let's see here. Where was it that I decided that I just had, I, I think it was probably around episode 10 that I realized how much I loved the series. Although uh, there are, it has some standout moments before then, but like, uh, it just it just gets so great once you get to episode ten. Okay, well, I'm excited for that. There's like a big ellipsis there, <laughs> waiting to see what happens in nine episodes. I think here there were some parts that really worked for me, and then some parts that I'm uh, expecting to see more development on. The core cast is really great: Badgerclops, Mau Mau, and Adorbat. And I actually went and looked up the pilot for this show, which isn't quite a pilot. It was actually like Titmouse does some annual thing. It's called like five seconds something where people produce stuff on a really short time frame. Not five seconds, but a short time frame. And uh, the short that the creator made, Simmons, uh, just features those three characters. But you can tell right then they have the like exact personalities, exact dynamic that you see in episode one. And so it's like clear that he had just nailed exactly what he wanted these characters to be like and how they would interact with each other. And that definitely made the best impression on me here. I didn't like the villains. <laughs> Is that bad to say? <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair to say. The villains are kind of disappointments. I, but they're they're just meant to be easy targets for the sheriff's department to beat up on. That's all they are. Right. I mean, I've, you know, been in a lot of experienced a lot of cartoons with real big bads or more intimidating villains and 
when they're silly, you know, I prefer a villain like in Star vs. the Forces of Evil, Ludo there, that whole first season, is goofy, but still menacing when he needs to be. I don't know if that's going to apply here or not, but it wasn't really that aspect. I just didn't love... The hybrid designs are weird, but, I, you know, it could, it could become something I love over time. I will say, I loved the orangutan face on the belly, chest, wherever it was, of, yes. of orangus snake. That was something I didn't see initially, and then he was, like, leaning over the ship or something. Or maybe it was when he was talking to a door bat who was about to drop the bomb. Where I was like, what is going on with this design? And uh, so that, that was funny. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't want to be super down on it, on, on the villains. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really, really fun series. Y- you kind of wish that the villains were a little bit more credible. But they went with the goofy, like, you know, Doom from Tough Puppy route of villains and you know it, it worked in tough puppy it works here so i mean not not everything has to be okko although i will say that it takes okko's love of being a cartoon and they don't really play with how things look but they they do a lot of the whole cartoon logic stuff like you, you saw all the intimidating looking villains just got disposed of right off the bat because it's a cartoon the timing of that stuff is it's a, I, the the word fascinating isn't right, but basically they cut out. It, it's interesting to me because they they cut out margin. Like I that word kept sticking out to me. I was like, what is it about like the pacing of the jokes, the pacing of the dialogue? And it's they just they cut out any margin. There's no <laughs> there's no space between jokes, and this is a good thing. This is a a fun thing that I'm describing. Where like you know whatever the first encounter they have on the ship. When the when Badger Club's arm cannon goes off, boom, the ship explodes, boom, they just immediately tip off like half of the crew members. And there's just something really, it's just really funny because it's not what you might expect from even, it's not just fast paced comedic timing, it's specifically like cutting out the tension of waiting for things to happen. <laughs> things like happen immediately, dominoes fall and other dominoes get knocked over. It's It's smart. But I, I did like how you mentioned that the three had their same character dynamic back in the day. I, I of course, love Mau Mau, much much like the theme song, sung from Adorabet's perspective, by the way, uh, loves Mau Mau. Uh, in, the, in the early days of the series, I characterized him as, Mau Mau is like what would happen if a villain was hit on the head, and like in Kubo and the Two Strings, when he woke up, you told him that his life's dream was actually to be a hero. That, that's the vibe Mau Mau really gives off. With a sort of, <laughs> this is like my dumb perspective, with sort of Batman mixed in there. I don't know. I, I, there's like, um, I was trying to think of what hybrid of characters uh, it was in my head. It's that. And also he has that like Batman seriousness, but not like his friend is still Badger Clops. And if you are willing to be with someone who is that much more emotionally honest, well, you know, we see the barriers of that pushed already when <laughs> Mau Mau's complaining that he told Badger Clops in, uh, in, yeah. in private in Solace about his, you know, fantasy of his family loving him. Oh, you, you want to talk about uh, that part of the episode right at the very beginning? I like how Badger Clops, oh man, these guys are serious. Just look at the decor. And you see the, the skeleton 
hanging up on the chains and it's like plugged into the wall. <laughs> right, it's actual decor. <laughs> they didn't they didn't have a real skeleton hanging up. Yeah, they, they didn't kill somebody and put their skeleton there. They went out to the store and bought a talking skeleton. I love it. Right, that's the very like cartoony aspect of it. Like when they actually are discovered on the ship, uh, Oranga Snake is never really... Like, he never acts truly villainous towards them. He's just like, oh, you guys are interrupting something. And, like, basically the whole time, it's like he kind of already loses a lot or something. And he's like, you know, he just he just rolls yeah. with the punches like that. It just, it just astounds me how he was able to recruit those big guys. <laughs> right, like, what about himself told them, yeah, I'm an intimidating, important leader that you should follow. I mean, maybe it's money. I don't know. Is money involved? Maybe there's no money. Must be, must be the money. Either that or everybody goes by the same. Everyone's looking to be legendary like Mau Mau. Maybe so. I, I loved uh, Mau Mau's line. You know, after Badger Club says that he didn't think they posed a threat. Mau Mau says, oh, good. That'll make this easy. And it's like the first couple times I heard that, it's like, wait, is, is he talking about killing them? It's like, no, no, he's, he's, he's not reaching for his sword. He just, he just wants to leave. But still, that's, that's the kind of character Mau Mau is in this episode. I have to wonder. <laughs> Well, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he's definitely like concerned with his legendary status and it, it pushes against, I mean, he both demonstrates himself as being a noble hero because, you know, he does the right thing, even if it crushes him inside. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When he resolves to do that, that, that shows that aspect, but he also really doesn't care about those little pudgy doe creatures. Until he finds out that he caused their vulnerability. Yeah, he he stays to protect them, not because he feels, you know, guilty and wants to protect them because of that. He does that because, you know, the hero's code demands that as a hero, he do that. And so he will. Right, because he's ascribing to being a hero, not even because his moral compass is that strong. But I mean, you tell me you would, well, I mean, you haven't seen uh, just how, I think Mamau could have taken those big guys. I'm just saying. Yeah, I like how competent they are, too. In, in this, I mean, which is something I experienced in OKKO OK too. Like our important heroes are very competent, which is, I feel like in a lot of kids shows that are about heroes, it's always about kid heroes. And so every first season or several seasons is about establishing how those characters grow. Here, the fact that two of them are already fantastic heroes, and now we see a doorbat joining in, it gives it a different vibe from like most shows where everything's about the progression. Well, I mean, for, for anyone who's already watched the video about Dorabat, uh, Dorabat has a long way to go from episode one. Yeah, I found that it's kind of an interesting choice for a first episode, too, that it is about a Dorabat joining the team and about establishing Mau Mau as having this new mission to be legendary for this specific city or town instead of just starting in media res of it all. I don't know. What else do you think, like, motivated that decision besides like why is this the story's beginning i guess i was kind of thinking about that reading through uh an interview with the show creator about sort of his motivations but there is kind of a theme running through the season so far with the damaged ruby pure heart there there are a couple episodes that kind of call attention to what that damage has done there's a there's one episode that where two side characters are there to fix it and then there are a couple episodes where it has a mishap and causes the uh, crisis of the day. So I, th- I think starting with the damaging of the Ruby Pure Heart, you know, is uh, setting us up for a big end of season payoff. Yeah, 
and and it feels like it's the right establishment for 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 me like what these characters care about i mean i think badgerclops is a little like that doesn't get his motivation here but at least having two out of the three main characters uh we immediately understand why they're doing what they're doing is helpful i mean did you see badgerclops he didn't want to leave ever so well right his motivation is food maybe his grandma according to Nama on a bike, but making his but mostly grandma. food. <laughs> I love that. But you said I drive like a grandma. Make your grandma proud. <laughs> and I, I like how earlier Badgerclop said that was offensive to grandmas comparing his driving to them. I don't think he meant it that way, but he said it that way. That's very <laughs> Badgerclops. Yeah, speaking of how they said it, voice cast is just... Man, all three of these characters' voices are amazing for the fact that they were also picked. They, these are the same voices that happened for that really short, you know, if you want to call it a pilot, a pilot. And, like, it's just so right. It's crazy that Simmons got it right so early. He voices Mau Mau. He had a friend voice Badgerclops in Titmouse. And then, actually, I don't know who voices Adorbat, but they're amazing because it does, like, a spin on... Who's that? Who's the voice actor of Catbug and... Like those really adorable voices. Oh yeah, think, that yeah, the little the little kid and uh, and Baby Grizz. He also does. Yeah, I, I'm assuming Adorbat is actually voiced by an adult, but they are nailing that like constant squeaky. It's not it's not it's not even a squeakiness. Just like that tendency to like end words and and shove like high pitchedness in between <laughs> syllables. Uh, it's really entertaining. But yeah, I'm really glad you enjoyed the first episode, because if the first episode drew you in, like I said, when I first saw the first episode, it's like, I want to continue watching this series. So I did. And uh, like I said, it ooh, it really kicks it into gear once they, it's like Steven Universe. I, I knew I wanted to watch Steven Universe from the from the very first time I watched Together Breakfast. But I, I think everyone will agree that it really kicks it into high gear after you get like your first dozen episodes under your belt. Yeah. Well, even that show, though, its first two episodes, Laser Light Cannon, that was intended to be first, and even Oh yeah. Uh, they said no. are both excellent intros to that show. I mean, Laser Light Cannon got me. Oh yeah, those are, those are both very excellent introductions to different parts of the series, but yeah, just watching Gem Glow, and you see all the obvious exposition dumping. It's like, this has to have been intended as the first episode. <laughs> but see, that's where, uh, you know, comparing to Steven Universe here, though, I think it's interesting when shows decide to start their plot, because in Steven Universe, it could have started with the idea that Steven, which we see later as part of the extended intro theme song, that Steven had just moved in with the gems, and then that's like the establishing moment. It could have started that way, but instead, that show is not about exactly that story it's about one rose's absence which is what you get in laser light cannon and it's about the family of gems which you get in gem glow yeah dealing with the the crisis of running out of ice cream <laughs> and, and the crisis of ice cream yeah there's <laughs> Stephen vomiting at the end of that episode is amazing but like here so i was reading an interview with simmons and it makes me interested to watch more Mamo episodes because he said that really the core of the show is about identity and you see a lot of that in this first episode uh which i was alluding to with how this episode places importance on setting up the mission of Mau Mau and you know the desire of a doorbat 
but that's kind of what's central to the show. And so I'm interested to see that develop because despite all the like, obviously, like I said, it's like marginless <laughs> comedy and uh, just like really fast and hilarious animation. Uh, I'm interested to see that like identity theme continue to develop because obviously I watched <laughs> I watched videos on um, both Shin Mao and Adorbat. So I know that it gets it gets deeper with these characters. And I'm excited to see that. Anyway, guys, that was us on I Love You, Mau Mau. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It uh, helps the show or, you know, anywhere else. YouTube. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. 